This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Many ages ago, when this ancient planet was not quite so ancient, long before man recorded his history, it was the time of Middle Earth when man shared his days with elves, dwarves, wizards, goblins, dragons, and hobbits. In the lands of Middle-earth, in an area known as the Shire, there was a village named Hobbiton. There, in a hole in the ground, lived a hobbit. Bilbo Baggins? Uh, yes? I am looking to hire a burglar. Burglar? <laughs> I'm afraid you've come to the wrong place. You mean you do not wish to share a grand adventure? Dear me, no. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Greg and Lynn. Hey. Good morning. Good evening. Issuing my usual good day. And or morning. <laughs> Depending on your it's place It's hard to on tell. The, the, storm, <laughs> the storm clouds was, are pretty dark around here. It could be evening. I could have just not woken up. It lasted, but Brooks is gone. <laughs> it's because I'm here. Yes, I hope you all got, I hope Hopefully you got he's your not fix. permanently gone. Yeah. Again. Well, he was supposed to be permanently gone last time, wasn't he? Brooks isn't well, coming back at all, think, is what I heard. I don't think Brooks has ever been permanently gone. I don't think we ever said Brooks isn't coming back at all. It just, well, he, just was, he took a hiatus for, uh, for about six months. <laughs> well, and we can say well, anything good to we hear want him because, again. yeah, he doesn't listen to the show when he's not on it. So We can say whatever <laughs> so we like. Feel free. Yeah, you can say anything you want. Be like talking <laughs> to a wall. Which All I do right. quite often. Yeah, which happens. Actually, <laughs> yeah, every now and then you wake up and you think <laughs> the wall is bent and you, uh, you're just talking to it and you get the same response. Well, the, the, in your defense, sometimes walls got it coming. Oh, now he's pointing a sword yeah, at me. But if you're a f- listener to this show, then then you're familiar with the concept of talking to a wall. Because we do have people who just shout at, at whatever the, no, I want to say radio, but whatever, I guess the computer. We have we have lost people with our with our preachiness. Really? Preachiness. Yeah, I read that. Who would uh, who would get so mad that they would? You know, that they was iTunes. Yeah, we, we have an iTunes said, review. And what have we said to make somebody I don't mad? Know. I took it that it was me, just because they said preachy. But well, your first <laughs> I don't know. the first um, saving the saving the future fixing the future episode was a little bit old man ranty. Well, we're we're trying to fix the future. <laughs> there needs to be a bit of ranting. <laughs> yeah. I must say, your vision of the but ideal future and mine are quite different. Maybe it's a generational thing. <laughs> yeah, really. What, what was you no tire wearing? No, no tires in my in future. Your future. There's no tires. There are nothing. Nothing no, that no needs. No tires at all. No tires. Cars tires. are just yeah. tires. And no <laughs> shoes at work. No one would ever wear shoes in my future. And um, no work actually. And and no dinner yeah, I'm table. I'm not really sure why he was on about that. About the yeah, uh, good good luck with that. No dinner table. About the uh, I assure you the dinner you table. You have that hippie future. Yes, that, that's my hippie vision of the future. Just play that. I think I can give up on work. Song. That's me. 
No religion, <laughs> no nation. All of us just sitting around no with shoes. flowers in our hair. Exactly, playing that's acoustic my guitar and trying to impress girls. Mushrooms. Yeah, that's right. Well, you're going to need the mushrooms when you're all sitting around not working. Yep. Not wearing shoes, playing a acoustic guitar. And I'm assuming not showering. I'm throwing that in there. I can't play the guitar. Because there won't be running water in your future because no one's working. We'll, we'll be next to a pristine mountain stream. You'll have to be. <laughs> it will all have to be provided. Because <laughs> you, what you're describing is you all degenerate into Eloy. Yes, Eloy, that's where Except I want to be. you'll retain, you'll just retain, and every now and then people like me will have evolved into things that eat you. <laughs> Isn't that going to be Greg? Isn't he the one that wants to eat people? That's true, Greg is, is more of a Morlock already. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to die. Where did that come from? I haven't. The you're zombie always wanting to eat people. The zombie episode. Always. I've known I've known you for like 20 years, and you have, in that entire span of time, more than once proclaimed that you have no problem with eating people. Uh, <laughs> this goes way well, back. <laughs> <laughs> if if it came down to it, yeah. If it came say. down to it, that's spoken like a Morlock. <laughs> if it came down to it, that's, I'd, I'd much that's rather chase eat people than eat the mushrooms meetings. that Lynn's growing. Do we do we have to eat the Eloy? Gotta eat something. It's like we can't just be vegetarians. <laughs> like Get the out Eloy. Of my office. Oh, I want that cake. I'm watching the Lord of the Rings as we speak, and they have that oh, awesome so party at the beginning with that big cake. And every time I see that cake, I want that cake. I would. I'd go for a Hobbit future. Hobbit future, future would be could okay. Be like, like the Shire. Well, they don't I wear shoes, the, Sean. How could that. you survive? Well, they don't have to wear shoes because, first of all, they have hairy feet and they also have leathery soles. It's explained. They don't need shoes. And plus, they bathe, like, all the time. How do they together, maintain their, the songs. dignity of their positions without their shoes, Sean? Well, I mean, hobbits don't have as much to worry about. I've never seen a hobbit wearing a tie, either. I can they see them wearing ties right now. They live in the ground. They live in holes. Oh, no, I've seen lots of hobbits it's a different wearing world. ties. And they usually work in IT, oddly enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like the I like the idea of the Hobbit future because it's kind of a a mix. I mean, they work hard and they clean themselves, but and yet they sit around smoking weed as well. So, you know, it's kind of a well, blend between the, yours and my you've future. You've got the quote, the Thorin yeah, quote I, on the I on the forum on your profile. In, like lifestyle, that would be good. That it that it would be a merrier world if more people were concerned with just drinking and having a good time, essentially, than just going yeah. around looking for money. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the dwarves say. Isn't that after, like, the big fight or something? Oh, I don't know. I haven't actually read the books. What? You're uh, just quoting the Rankin Bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quoting the cartoon. I don't actually remember if it's in the book a, or not. I remember, I have read the book, but I don't remember that, if that I've read line's the Hobbit. in it or not. I've read The Hobbit when I was little, but the, the Lord of the Rings, it's quite dense. It's difficult to get through. The Hobbit is a fun read. The, the Lord of the Rings, folks. We're going to talk about Lord of the Rings tonight. We haven't. We're, we're thrown so off when Brooks isn't here that we have no structure at all, apparently. <laughs> but that's we're going to talk about the Lord of the Rings a little bit tonight, in in reference to, and we'll get to this, the unsung heroes of the Lord of the Rings. Now, I, I wanted a little clarification about this. Are we just talking about? people who didn't appear in the movies who are in the books or can we just talk about anything in general like say people who made the movies who are unsung or I think we can talk about anything we want 
Excellent. I mean, I'm going to focus. My my list mostly consists of, of characters, but when you asked that question, I started putting some notes together on some other other things. Oh, you so, actually so read my email? It's, it's open. <laughs> I do read your emails. Usually I just get some I sort don't. of... Yeah, yeah, you don't, Greg. Well, you don't respond. <laughs> so I figure yeah, you don't I get so much crap from, from people. I answer emails, and I will, I'll post on the forum more than anybody. Apart and from all, me. And all I get is crap for it. <laughs> yeah, Greg and, and, and Greg goes on once, and everyone's like, I'm everyone. <laughs> I know. Like, Greg doesn't even pay attention while we're doing the show. Sean, it comes from love. See, he's, he's gone again. I'm hurt. I'm not speaking to you, Sean. I'm staying on the. I'm staying on, but I'm not speaking. Oh, to you. how am I to know when you're not speaking to me on purpose? Is the question. How am I Lynn, not knowing you that Sean you're just that googling? <laughs> I do every day, Greg. Yeah, really. Yeah, that department's covered, Greg. Taken care of. I've got, yeah, I'm fully staffed on on that. Lynn, please tell Sean that I'm not speaking to him. This is awesome. I've drawn a line down the middle of the hut. That's his side and this is mine. You of all people should recognize a wall. <laughs> all right. Okay. So let's see. There's no no saving this show already. We've already started talking we about We did talk about this a little bit. I saw the expendables. I want to I, I only want to oh, mention this on the show the real quick because I think the dolphins deserve a dolphin update. Oh yes, give us a dolphin update. We had one on so Facebook would, just a little while ago. Yes, a I'll put update? it there. Please tell Sean that I put a Dolph update on Facebook last week. Greg is very good with the Facebook. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's breaking news. I got it. Dolph Lundgren. You go in pieces. Guys, guys. Where is justice? Where is punishment? Behold your savior! on the Facebook so we all know that Dolph used to go to Sydney University and nearly had a brilliant career in engineering but turned it down for acting. Isn't Dolph actually like a trained kung fu dude unlike most of the action people who just, you know, do a bit of dancing? I don't know, but he's big and scary. <laughs> it's close enough for me. I would I would so rather fight just about anybody else in that movie but Dolph. But he does have some good fighting in The Expendables. And he yeah, is so how in, is the Expendables? In it I haven't than... seen it. It's okay. It's, okay. It's a really fun. Well, I mean, it's a really fun action B movie. I think it would have been better if they had only had guys like Dolph and Mickey Rourke and not bothered with like it's. Uh, There's too much, and it's too bad that Brooks isn't here to de- defend his his man. But Brooks has this almost insatiable man love for Jason Statham. <laughs> Yeah, Brooks needs to always be here to defend his his manliness. I mean, I noticed that as soon as he comes back on the show, what's he doing but ripping on some other chick who's not hot enough for him? 
As soon Honestly, as he comes back, it's all he ever talks about. I was like, I, you're just lucky I'm not on the show right now, Brooks. <laughs> Are you still upset, Greg? You could chime in on this. A little good old-fashioned Brooks bashing. Lynn, will you please tell Sean that, <laughs> that I don't feel that Brooks pressing me. Oh, they must be serious then. It almost never doesn't feel like it. <laughs> he is—he really has a, a thing for Jason Statham. Yeah. And I've stated on more than one occasion that, that Jason Statham is really, you know... If you watch a Transformer, there's a lot of strange erotica in that movie. A lot of rolling around in oil, a lot of unnecessary breathing into each other's has mouths Has Statham underwater. done a kid's movie? No, he, he's he not the rock. Has he gone down the Disney route yet? No, okay. I gotta give him props for that. Okay, I'm over it. I will say that Brooks, you know, Brooks to me has an affinity for all things manly. I mean, he likes, you know, the other night just, when you know. he was at, at my house, you know, he, he was trying to get Sean and I to watch this movie about penises that try to attack Bad biology. And, and we all and know I he put hot male yoga on the forum. He tried to get us I'm, to watch that. I'm saying, I'm, I'm telling you, because <laughs> it's funny. Because it's, it's, it's funny. It's probably yeah, funny it's, the first time. It seems weird that you keep wanting to watch it. I know. Imagine it's not funny every time. Jeez, and but, he doesn't uh, want to watch I musicals, watched, which are the most manly thing around. I watch. Yeah, I watched My, My Fair Lady. I just bought that I on. I watch musicals. Something wrong with music? Good musical. It's a good, good fun. <laughs> the musical episode was one of the episodes I was literally shouting at the computer. <laughs> well, if we were not prepared. Someone had, back in those days, people would suggest a topic or we'd run with it regardless of our ignorance of it. The topic, the musicals was like that. I don't really watch that. I don't know anything about that. I don't know what I'm talking and about. And every time some, like, <laughs> Greg like tries to hour. suggest that there is a good musical, Brooks is just like, oh man, you're so gay. <laughs> yeah, really. like, you went to not, a musical. Did you wife drag you? Because if you wife dragged you, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> but then I watched that bad biology movie. This yes. movie that, that he that. was talking about. Well, it's actually directed by uh, Frank Hinnenlotter, the guy who did uh, the Basket Case movies, which is what got my attention because Basket Case is pretty depraved, but it's fun. He's like a, he's like a, 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 the poor man's version of Sam Raimi, Hen and Lutter is. And that's saying. And something. he makes all these cheesy movies, yeah. Like, yeah, well, he's has that same weird idea for stories, but he doesn't have the same knack for shooting and cutting a movie. Maybe he should just be a scriptwriter then. Plus, he's sexually depraved, and Bad Biology proves that because Bad Biology is just like nothing wrong with a little. He could not have understated. How many times the, the the penis breaks through the wall and just attacks women? I mean, it's like it it's like a montage without the music. It's just one scene after another, the same concept. So this prosthetic, is <laughs> this prosthetic penis? The the, the man the, the man's member develops a mind of its own and leaves and goes out and attacks women. That's like, and that's not even the worst part of the movie. He didn't even mention the worst part of the movie. Like, the man member stuff is actually the, the least offensive part of the movie. The lady bits are even more offensive. Don't tell me the lady bits come hoping... off. No, you but... You know what, it sounds like that man member like... needs to needs to meet um the uh, the girl from Teeth. Well, see, yeah, but, yeah, the media's... Well, the, the concept of the movie is sort of them meeting their match, because he's got, like, this super 
man business, and she has like this unbeatable lady part. Does it have teeth? Because if there's no teeth, it's just not worth it. No, but she has like this insatiability. Yeah, should I not tell? <laughs> like, no, no, that's. I'm her, just yelling. At, like, so we've got a house inspection about to happen at my house, and so you're just yelling about cats. Trying to let not. Well, I can't let my cat out because indoor cats live longer than outdoor cats. So I'm keeping my cat inside. Sorry, just go on with you. You talking about other stuff, and I'll continue about to yell at my boyfriend. <laughs> live longer in bondage, but yeah, go ahead. Well. <laughs> Well, she has, like, this accelerated, insatiable lady part. So she'll end up, like, but then she ends up, every time she's with someone, like, creates a baby within, like, two hours and just dumps it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really horrible and creepy and doesn't really have anything to do with anything. So Bad Biology, to have mentioned it two episodes in a row, is a terrible movie. <laughs> And okay. I thought that he w- he mentioned it from the pr- perspective of junk exploitation, but I actually thought that was the the less offensive part of the movie. So there you go. <laughs> so bad biology. That's as covered as well as anything could be covered. Bad biology. Don't see it. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> We've been raving about this movie for hey, two episodes. I think. Door, otherwise, you'll stop scratch. It would have been better to not tell anyone about it if we didn't want people to see it. I'd say watch it. Just get 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 a whiff of this thing. But it's <laughs> oh, it's hard. Bad of words. <laughs> but it's hard. Yeah, nothing I say now. But uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I started falling asleep during it, and I think that helped. Because I just wake up to these this just repetitive sounds of 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 bad sex scenes. They're not even none of it's good. Like you know, Brooke sold it as being like nothing but sex scenes the whole movie, but they're all terrible. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't get it. Why, I don't understand why Brooks you know gets into those kind of crazy man business. Well, I like stupid movies. movies, but yeah, you wonder if maybe I don't know. I'm just saying the boy's got problems, <laughs> got issues. I don't know. Well, he could always come back to the show and defend himself, but, you know, whatever. Well, but he's not here now, in, so he can't. Yeah, in his absence, I guess we'll draw our own conclusions. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's it. So, the, for, so you know, he's not on TV, ate my dinner tonight, so? He's not on the show tonight, so? Self-loathing gay man. There you go. <laughs> yeah, really. Because he won't be on the show, he is a self-loathing gay man. Like that conclusion. Brilliant. At least we've decided something tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could wrap this whole thing up. <laughs> Speaking of just weird things, but this is taking it in a in a in a much easier into a much easier direction. These these panda cheese commercials that, that you you were talking about on the forum. Yes, Lynn, yes, they're brilliant. Are like the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought you'd like I, them. I did post. I post a playlist of them. Like if you just click on, if you get in the forum where we're talking about it, like that, there's like a playlist of YouTube of just bunches and bunches of them. I but know. But they are funny. They're like Egyptian. Yeah, I think we need some. Uh, it's sort of like Colbert does the threat down of just bears, but I think maybe we need to keep reminding people of the dangers, specifically of pandas. Pandas do make good appearances good in one. commercials. They they have been in more than one series of commercials about pandas. I like these because they show the the evil of pandas. I love how he just stands there and docile. looks at you. 
<laughs> yeah, he's got those big doughy eyes, and the next thing you know, he's just trashing the place. He just gives you this look, the and you're like, uh oh, is... <laughs> my computer's going down. I like the first one I saw. I like the like best in the, is the hospital one. And the... I like the one in the um in the supermarket. That one's cute, but I like the hospital one because he actually pulls the guy's IV out. Yeah. <laughs> and the nurse looks like she's going to say something. He kind of just looks at her like, what, what? You want a piece of this? But he's so blank. You got a dog he's in so fight? blank. He's, but he's got these weird hunched <laughs> shoulders and this angry look. <laughs> it's really funny. So so just just go to YouTube and look at Panda Cheese commercial or something like that. Cause it, they're pretty easy to find. Funny. It's like they are like Egyptian commercials for this, this brand of cheese. But but it is funny. Some of them are subtitled too, because the first few I watched, I didn't know what the gag was because I didn't. There weren't subtitles. Oh okay. But apparently <laughs> the gag over and over again is somebody says, "Do you want to eat some panda cheese?" I'm like, "No, I don't really want panda cheese." The next thing you know, the panda comes, just wrecks the place. <laughs> and that's the concept. He's a belligerent panda. It's simple, but it really works. <laughs> I don't know that it would make me want to eat the cheese though. I think I think it'd be brilliant to get my uh, t attention towards the cheese. Like I know about the cheese, and I'm in America, can't even get the cheese. And these Egyptian commercials, we're watching them here. So I say brilliant on their part. I know panda cheese. I see commercials in America, and I don't. I hate them, and I don't even know what they advertise. Oh, I hate At least those I know ones. there's a panda cheese. And I'm getting sick and tired of Americans getting all worked up over how many blades we have in a freaking razor. Get over it. That's not that important. How many do you need? All you ever 12. see is people cutting their faces to pieces over razors. It's like, if you ask me, we need fewer. Okay. Or some, some kind of laser razor or like, you know, <laughs> Superman when he shaves with his heat vision. Something that does like that. <laughs> they need to do a spoof, you know, where... Like yeah, somebody just puts the razor on their face and it just takes their whole head off. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Like a like a Terry Gilliam short from uh, the old Monty Python. Just like, look, <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Because really, there's in a commercial where they said the, the Quattro, they said it couldn't be done. A four bladed razor. It's like, well, that can't be true. They got five now. We're up to five yeah, blades amazing. over here. If someone came to me right now and said, Sean, I'm going to make an eight-bladed razor, you know what I would say? Why? Who gives a shit? <laughs> How many do they have now? They don't have that already? No, you know what you would say to them? You would say, you are going to make billions of dollars because that is the biggest thing in the world right now. Put my name on it. <laughs> yeah, really. Get me on that train. Let's drop, let's drop computers right this second. Get me on the 16-bladed the razor. <laughs> that shaves down to the bone. Let's drop our iPod stock right now. Put everything <laughs> on this. This panda's a dick. <laughs> oh, Are you watching see? it? <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't he look so cute? His face just with a do you know what? That like know, little song like, comes up. Oh, what a cute panda! And he comes <laughs> and he like throws all your groceries <laughs> in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> just slaps it down. What a jackass! <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh, they really are funny commercials. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got something over here called the the Gruen Transfer, which is a TV show that looks at advertising and uh, commercials and stuff so they, they brought them up on that TV show and I saw them I'm like I just thought of you immediately Gilbert oh it worked because as soon as I saw them on YouTube I'm like of course angry this pandas is what pandas were bred to do yeah 
don't let them fool you. I got a comic when we were in Atlanta this last uh, a little bit over a week ago. What you a comic? I couldn't believe that. Taking pictures of Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, and we were outside take. We were from the outside in taking pictures of Dragon Con. I saw the pictures. So they looked like, good. How was Dragon Con? It's like. I didn't pay for that. It's too expensive. But we just stood, we walked through the hotel taking pictures of people. That's free. <laughs> Sounds good. But I bought a, a comic called Hit Monkey, which is apparently a Japanese snow monkey turned hitman. Of course it's Japanese. Well, it's not Japanese. The monkey's Japanese. The comic's American. Mm-hmm. It's a Marvel comic. Get it right. What? Go ahead. But I just thought it was no. funny. <laughs> what about the panda? Are you Nothing. still watching Panda stuff? No, 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 no. I, I said something about what you just said, but forget it. About Hitman? About mm-hmm. monkeys? I think conversation moves around a lot. No, nothing. This, nothing. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's just jump into topic. Okay. The Lord of the Rings. Long ago, in the early years of the Second Age, the great elven smiths forged rings of power. Nine for mortal men. Seven for the dwarf lords. If you're dwarven and you know it, grab your axe. And give those nasty goblins forty wax. You can hit him in the groin if you're Gimli, son of Gloin. And you suffer from low-level rage attacks. Three for the tall elf kings. If you're elven and you know it, grab your bow. And you can boldly go where other elves don't go. If you're up in Carathras, you can bet your Legolas you'll be walking on the surface of the snow. In the middle of the earth, in the land of Shire, lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire. With his long wooden pipe, fuzzy woolly toes, he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. But then the Dark Lord learned the craft of ring-making and made the Master Ring, the one ring to rule them all. Some really funny Lord of the Rings songs out there. Oh, yeah. Bilbo, like, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. He's only three feet tall. You don't know that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. He actually did a song called The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins when he did his folk album. I've heard of it. I, I think I've seen Shatner doing it. <laughs> Maybe. When he does, well, he does the Rock stuff. It Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't knock the rocket man. I, I will rule. I will own that song on a karaoke stage. Okay. We need to do more karaoke challenges. Well, you know why we didn't do more? Because almost no one did it. So that's what happens when there's no response to stuff, people. We had a few. Look, I'll tell you oh, the secret this of this whole show. Whatever got the most response, the show would become about that. This would be a 24-hour karaoke station if everybody responded to the karaoke thing. <laughs> but you did one, and I did one, and that was it. I did two. And uh, John sent us uh, some uh, some stuff that he did. It wasn't karaoke stuff, but he did some musical stuff, that it was, uh, which was also fun. 
Yeah, I did too also. So I'm not sweating it either. I just <laughs> well, we put our end of the challenge. <laughs> yeah, I say really. that makes us the winner. We brought it. Yeah, we won the challenge. Well, yeah, I guess so. That's what you got. Hey. If there were it. both male and female categories, then we each took away a medal. And the rest of you guys just ate it. How's that feel? How's it feel to, to lose by default? How's it feel to forfeit? How's it feel to be too lazy to fail right? Yeah, that's right, world. Feels pretty good. Yeah, Lord feel, of the Rings. Feels pretty comfortable. That did nothing. So Lord of the Rings. Okay, what we talked about is a while ago, a show that I enjoyed doing was where we did the unsung heroes of Star Wars. And we did... It's not going to be Bilbo because he's already got a song. Yeah, that's right. Well, Bilbo did get song, but that's a good but example because we're not talking about Bilbo because Bilbo got a song. But you know, there are some people like Glorfindel who don't have a song. Glorfindel, he's one of the top of my list. He's the top of everybody's list. Glorfindel gets screwed in every adaptation of Lord of the Rings, in and the most people listening to the show right now. Yeah, everyone's like, "Who's Glorfindel?" Like, hmm. Yeah, exactly. Glorfindel is the guy who gets replaced by whichever character is cooler at the time. He's Glorfindel... the character who in the in the movies we see them when when Frodo gets stabbed in the shoulder, some elf character comes and says, Oh it's alright, I've got a horse, I'll take him to Rivendell for you. We'll save him. Now in the new version it's Arwen. In the cartoon mm-hmm. it was Legolas, but in the books it's Glorfindel. It's Glorfindel. Because here's something that Tolkien did all the time that movie makers never get on board with. is like he had created this rich universe of characters. So as they went to different places, surprise, surprise, they met different people. Like real life. Like when they ran into an elf, it wasn't just somebody they happened to know already or somebody who had become important. It was some guy. So when when they were walking around... Yeah, Glorfindel's like, come on, come on, I'll help you. But like in the, the narrative of movie making, they're Who's like, the well, that's guy pointless. That they just outside the Hobbiton. You're talking about Tom Bombadil. No, yeah. I'm not talking about Tom. Before Tom Bombadil, they meet a bunch of elves. Oh, um, and we were talking no, about Tom Bombadil. Before Tom Bombadil, when they run into a bunch of elves. Yes. They're in the Merry and Pippin, and they have a little bit more time together than they show. Mary and the Pippin movie. start off with them. This is this is not the movie version. This is the real version. The books. <laughs> in I the thought, movie version, in the extended version, you see them. They, you see them wander past a bunch of elves. But in the book, just outside Hobbiton, they run into a bunch of elves, who, who don't tell them about the Black Riders. <laughs> it's, it's quite a funny episode. Hey, yeah, Gandalf jerks. said there's some Black Riders after us. Oh, I won't tell you about them. They're they're way too scary for you. <laughs> yeah, that, don't worry really about reassuring. it. Don't yeah, worry about it. Randolph didn't tell you. Totally lose your shit, and then don't tell me about him. It's like, well, I kind of need to know now. Oh yeah, yeah you Gildor. probably should need to know. Gildor. Ben says the name of these, uh, the the head elf there is Gildor. So he's someone Gildor. you never see. So this is yeah, I don't even remember this dude. So, yeah, see, he's even worse than. But I think Glorfindel has a sadder <laughs> story because he's just replaced. What I like about Glorfindel is he's replaced by different characters. So it's like yeah. they always accept. So like you take a Tom Bombadil or even Gildor, <laughs> these people are like their scenes are just not important to the story and they're omitted. And you almost well, you know, there's not enough time to go see Tom Bombadil's cabin and have him be weird for a bunch of stuff and fight a Barrow White and then not be important to the story. But with Glorfindel, everyone agrees that scene is important. It exists in the narrative. It has to. But they just allocate it to someone else. 
they're just like, but it shouldn't just be some random elf. It should be whoever we want to give more screen time to. In the boxy version, it was Legolas. In the the new version, uh, they wanted to have a they wanted to have a a stronger female character. So they well, just frankly, kept the giving Arwen all this do stuff. Get, do get a little bit of um, I don't yeah I don't, I don't blame lacking for that. the narrative. I don't blame them for that because that's true. But Arwen, like she, not only does she steal Glorfindel's thunder, but then she's the one who calls the whatever river ponies that destroy the wraiths and all that. Like yes, and that you know, was that was like um, that was Gandalf like Elrond and, and Gandalf together. <laughs> you know, like made that work. Like Elrond did it, and Gandalf just made it more theatrical. Yeah, he's but like, how'd you like my this, horses? I thought they were way cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was all right. Yeah, Ooh, let me like, smoke yeah. some more of these pipes. How about For some real. water horses? The Hobbit's <laughs> weed has made your mind weak. <laughs> For the bit me, I've been dragging, but you know. I don't know, yeah, though. Yeah. In the movie version, I sort of got the impression that she was just saying the magic words to release the spell, not actually making the spell, because she looked as startled as anyone when those water horses came. Oh, who knows? You can interpret it where you want, but it seemed to mm. me that they were making it look as though she had done it. But but either way, they give her a stronger role in that as well. Well, and I don't I mind that. I think okay. she needed it. Yeah, if you if you want, because really, I didn't even remember Arwen from the books when the movies came out. So I guess if you well, most of Arwen's stuff that they did put back into the movie was from the appendices. Oh, really? Because basically, all of Aragorn and Arwen's story was moved to the appendices because Tolkien didn't think it actually fit into the narrative Lord of the Rings, which doesn't really. It happens. That's why it's in flashbacks. Yeah, it's kind of kind of true. Like in a movie, I guess. But Tolkien was a very linear storyteller. Like, mm. movies jump back and forth. Movies can have flashbacks, but Tolkien would take the story and he would separate and go, now we're going to talk about Frodo and Samwise for somewhere around 600 pages. Yeah, we'll just go a whole book on Frodo and Sam and we won't know and what's going on. But he actually used that on. as a device to, to heighten the tension because for like a whole book we wouldn't know what Frodo was doing. The mouth of Sauron would come out and go, you recognize the shiny shirt dudes? And we didn't actually know what was going on with Frodo at that point, so he could have been dead to us. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant, but you just can't do that. Everything he did in this book, you can't do in a movie. Like, he had a yep. denouement that went on for, like, 200 pages. Or, like, like the beginning just... of the book where he talks about hobbits for a whole book? Well, in uh, Return of the King, like, they defeat Sauron and everything, and you're like, wait a second, I'm halfway through the book. Like, oh, yeah, some other stuff goes down on the way home. <laughs> like, yeah, really? they have to go home, and then like, Gandalf Lord. holds off, and then the Saruman's still there. Yeah, the whole everything you see in the movies is is bunkum. When they even in the extended edition where they actually show you the fate of Saruman, it's not true to the book. And I get that, but I mean it's much scarier in the book because they go home and still like He's the already whole there. Shire has been taken over and turned into this fascist state, and Saruman well, is ruling it. I have read a lot of academic articles about Lord of the Rings because I had to study it this this year. And there is one that actually suggests that the whole point of their quest is to put the hobbits in the right state of mind and body to be able to defeat the guy at the end. What do they call him? Sandy Man? Which is Sharky. Saruman. Sharky. Sharky is what they call him at the end. Why did I get Sandy Man from? Anyway, Sharky. Uh, sounds like Saruman, <laughs> I guess. Oh, the bad guy hobbit is called Sandy Man. Yeah. And oh, really? Lotho? Saruman takes on the name Sharky. What? Lotho is the bad guy Lotho. Hobbit. Otho and Lobelia, who are the Sackville Bagginses, have a son named Lotho. And he's the one who's in cahoots with Saruman. Now you're both end. explaining it to me at once, and I can't hear anything but both of you talking. Oh, I can't even hear. 
Who else is explaining? Ben's trying it? to explain. Anyway, oh, okay. so the thing is that they don't put that does in the movie. Have a, does anybody have a chart? <laughs> I need a chart. Oh, well, yeah. Look in those books. There's like whole like lineages in that. In those. Oh yeah. But Tolkien loves Lotho's his one of my unsung characters because he and and the other Sackville Baggins is almost completely get cut from the from the movies too. Yep. And that was one of the things in the end. Bilbo forgives the sack, or Frodo forgives the Sackville Bagginses, because they all unite against the common enemy. He goes and gets them out of jail. But yes, I, th- I think they had a good, they had a pretty good epilogue in the movie because it went on for a good while in the movie after the thing. But, but there's an arc in the book that takes place after they defeat Saruman and it's not even it's not even Frodo that goes back right away it's it's uh it's Merry and Pippin who yeah, return to the Shire yeah they have afterwards yeah they have like a whole little their own little adventure and part of that is that they have to actually free the Shire from from Saruman and that's just to sort of remind you that the world has changed like even even the Shire is not left untouched even the Shire you know felt the the consequences of of what happened, and you can't do that in a movie. That that's one of those things that gets chased changed because you just that's a difficult thing to try to make happen in a movie. But yeah, guys, well, there was like, already a lot of endings. Yeah, I mean, the they already so. had to work a lot of stuff in, and that would have been very difficult for audiences where you've had the major bad guy end, and then all of a sudden, like, there's another hour of the movie where they're going back home, and you're like, what is going on? Even in the extended DVD versions, they just couldn't do that. It's like that moment in the horror movie where, like, everything's okay, and at the end, he jumps out of the shower at them. Yeah. Yeah, like, when everything seems okay in a horror movie, but it's not over yet. Because horror movies aren't big on epilogue, so it's like when it hasn't stopped, you're like, oh god, something bad's going to happen. I was thinking of, uh, I know what you did last summer, because I watched that over the weekend. (laughs) And at the end of every one of those movies, um, he jumps out of the shower at them again or something like that, and then the start of the next movie, it's like, oh no, that didn't happen. Yeah, they they go for a cheap thrill kind of scare that doesn't have anything to do with the story. They come back later and go, yeah, that was all a dream, or whatever. Those movies I saw are still a movie going too. over the weekend. I I just saw an HBO movie called A Perfect Getaway, mm-hmm. which is not bad. It looked. I thought it was going to be some kind of heist gone wrong kind of movie about like some couple who falls in with bad guys or something on Hawaii. You know, one of those stupid like movies that used to star Kevin Bacon. <laughs> but actually, it has a bunch of fun little. I don't want to say twists because they always advertise on twists, and then you're looking for it in a movie, and then it ruins it. But this movie, while it while it has some pretty telegraphed twists in it, is still fun and 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 it's worth watching, even so. So that's good. Good. So I'm I would I would recommend that. that if you like that. Also, I'm a fan of Timothy Oliphant, so anything you see him in, it's good to see. Well, for me, I was very surprised by I Know What You Did Last Summer because I just remember it as, you know, one of those many 90s horror movies that we watched when we were teenagers. But mm. it's actually a, a fairly good um, drama for the characters involved. they got some good actors and it's a fairly well-worked-out drama rather than uh, a horror or anything much like that. 
It almost works better as a drama than a horror. That was kind of the problem with 90s horror movies, is they were all teen angsty kind of movies. All these PG-13 horror movies. Well, you I, might I be happy watch... to hear they're making another Scream. They're making a yeah, Scream Yeah, I have four. heard. I have, I'm all over that. Uh, and they're, they're already proposing people for that first big kill scene. <laughs> it seems like it won't be have as much impact. The first scream did have something cool to it, where they banked it on Drew Barrymore and killed her immediately. I do like to see that in movies because you never know what's going to happen next at that point. But we're going to know everything that happens because they're advertising it as, oh, we're going to get this chicken to be the first one that dies in the beginning because there's I always know. someone famous. And then they're they going to advertise it and say, movie. you'll never believe the twist. It's like you're not supposed to tell me there's a twist, man. I'm totally going to be looking. Soap on the cover, and we won't know anything. I know. It's Scream 4. You don't have to tell me a damn thing. I mean, your whole audience is either already going to see it or not based on the franchise. So if Scream 4 doesn't get people in the theaters, then nobody is going to care. You're like, oh, no, actually, I know it's Scream, but actually here it's very good. No one's going to say that. They've been saying that about the recent Twilight movie. Yeah, I know Twilight, but... Yeah, but it's got these awesome scenes where they fight and stuff, and it's really, it's much better than the other ones. It's like... It'd have to be. (laughs) It couldn't get much worse. Yes, it could. Yeah, really. They're all playing volleyball. That's where the big confrontation is over a ping-pong tournament. Well, this is the one where she gets to make out with Jacob and then goes back to, you know, the vampire and is like, yeah, I know, you know, that I made out with my werewolf friend and stuff, but, you know, you get over it. But whatever, yeah. We were never exclusive. You went off and tried to kill yourself, and I jumped off a cliff or some bullshit. So who knows, right? We're not a normal couple. We didn't promise each other anything. And then the next movie, he's going to fall in love with our daughter anyway. It's all good. Is that what happens? What? Is that what happens oh, in the book? spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I know, Sorry, like, supposedly the baby rips its way. I know you really wanted to be shocked by that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know how I'm going to watch those movies now. Well, how many fa- are there, who, like eight? What now? Who falls in love with who? I don't, I don't know. So they have a baby, and the baby rips its way out of her stomach, right? Isn't that the deal? Yep. And then he falls in love with the baby? Yeah, Jake, the, the, the friend, the you know, the bazillion abs oh, dude? Jacob. He's a werewolf yeah. friend. Yeah, he, oh, he falls. I thought you were saying the, 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 the Dracula guy. The Dracula no, guy, the, whatever not Rob, the Dracula Mr. Guy. Rob says. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Whatever. No, no, no. Um, the, the werewolves have this thing called imprinting where they just suddenly fall in love with someone and that's like who they're going to be with forever. Um, really? And of course they have some quasi-scientific, oh, they, whoever is genetically best ensured to continue the werewolf line is who they fall in love with. Which who would you be know. a vampire who can't mate? Of course, I guess vampires can have babies in this it's one because they're not vampire. vampires at all. No, no, no. Male vampires can have babies with female humans. It's half vampire. And that's why it falls in love with Jacob. Because apparently werewolves have, like, the same number of chromosomes as the half vampires, whereas the vampires have an extra pair of chromosomes. Oh, good Christ. This sounds horrible. I hate quasi-scientific explanations for stuff because it's even worse. For mystical creatures. Yeah. Just say it's magic. I just watched the season finale of True Blood, and I'm like all about True Blood because they're just like, ah, screw it. <laughs> Every week it's just worse and dumber, and I couldn't screw, screw love each it other more. Too. It's just all about. Yeah, they're just like, ah, oh, yeah, 
have a sex scene here and just kill that guy over there and she's like some kind of alien or something who, who cares this crap she's writes itself come on she's a, fairy, she's a fairy and then she goes off in a spaceship or something I don't know what happens interdimensional beings yeah interdimensional beings I actually thought this episode was pretty lame like the it. season finale yeah should we discuss it? Is, it? is it Facebook too much of a spoiler? What? I you saw broke you put up. that on Facebook misspelled. Yeah, I didn't like it. Because I thought... It, well, first of all, yeah, the... the you said the, finally instead of finale. It's a what? Ooh. You, you wrote finally, finally instead of finale on oh, Facebook. Excuse, and I'm like... Excuse me. <laughs> Should we talk about the finale? Is it too soon? We haven't even started that season. Well, see, Australia to me, yet. it didn't resolve anything. Because oh, it, I mean, it ruin it you for you and if we discuss the king it. is coming I don't back. watch True Blood. Oh, you should watch it. It's you watch Twilight. You don't watch True Blood. True no, Blood I don't. I haven't Twilight's actually seen ass. Twilight. Come on. I haven't seen the most recent Twilight movie either. My friends have been well, berating me. Read all these books or something? Have you like? How do you know so much? I've read the books. I'll read anything. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch Twilight. But anyway, okay. Well, you should watch. You should get a chance to watch True Blood. It's fun, because every week, like when they get bored, somebody's a shapeshifter, somebody's a were panther, somebody's a fairy, or somebody has some kind of magical hungan abilities. Like, there's barely a character left that doesn't have some kind of supernatural ability at this point. They just keep (laughs) like every week. They're like, "What's happening? Oh, who cares? Just make that guy like a unicorn or something." That's the cool funness. And it's. It's pretty awesome, yeah. Because stuff like Twilight, the, the the sin of Twilight is not being stupid. Because I don't care. The sin of Twilight is being boring. Like, that's the sin of Twilight. I don't care about these this girl who goes to high school and has stupid high school girl thoughts and this pedophile in a boy's body who's stalking young girls. I don't care about those things. <laughs> but, like, True Blood... True Blood, they're just like psycho and depraved, and they just keep getting weirder and weirder. You know, it really is just like Dark Shadow and Mescaline. I'm correcting my my Facebook thing because somebody else said it too. That I said <laughs> finale, finally instead of finale. Uh, so, all you English instructors and lit majors and all that. <laughs> <laughs> can't let you get away with it. Oh, there's so much bad stuff on Facebook. Every time I read it, I'm like, they are not there. <laughs> well, I generally try to, try to, you know, practice good grammar on Facebook because I know nobody Speak else good does, England. So. <laughs> Speak good and stuff. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. Don't so, talk uh, proper. Okay, so, <laughs> talk like a real, you know, real. Real well, person. Whatever. Real, real, you know, real person that knows how to, you know, speak words. <laughs> I done learned me some England. <laughs> See, you don't, you, you, you got, you got to make it thicker. You got to make that southern accent thicker, like this. That, this <laughs> I is just Tennessee. can't physically speak this. that slow, Greg. <laughs> Tennessee's like this. The wind South might Georgia change and my like mouth this. might get stuck in that position. I would speak like a southerner all my life. Wow. <laughs> South Georgia people kind of talk more like Bill from True Blood. But. We don't talk like Bill at all. Well, you don't because you're not really 
from the south. I'm from the south. But <laughs> You're from Germany, aren't you? You grew up in Germany. You started out in Germany. I lived in Germany for two years. Doesn't matter. You're German. But I've never met anybody that talks like Bill. Bill talks like Foghorn Leghorn. It's okay. Well, that's because all the people in True Blood are really New Zealand and Australian. (laughs) Exactly, and he talks like Rhett Butler. So weird. Now, Jason Stackhouse is Australian. Yes. And... That guy sounds like every redneck idiot I've ever met. He yeah, has I know. a great he, he does it just right. Oh, he's and great. Fact, he's just I like an to, Aussie redneck as well. He reminds me of my brother. He had. I had to tell somebody that uh, Anna Paquin wasn't Southern. Yeah, she's from New Zealand. Is she from New Zealand? Because I couldn't. I didn't know if she was from New Zealand or Australian. She's lost her accent. She really has. Even if you hear her in interviews, you can hardly hear. Oh, well, she's I thought been she was doing movies since she was so little. She's done more southern accents than she has New Zealand accents. She was in that Fly Away Home movie ages ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's gonna Jeff be Daniels. naked. <laughs> She'll get naked like it's nobody's business now. Oh, why not? She was on the True piano. Blood show. I think her first appearance was on the piano. She won an Oscar for the piano, I believe, didn't she? Yeah, she was a little kid in that. Hmm. Yeah, she's done all right for herself. She was a little snot in the piano. Oh, yeah, she got her mom's finger cut off. Mm-hmm. Oh, brilliant. I don't think I've seen that's the piano. A, that's a bitch move, if you ask me. Yep. So, no coming back from that. Speaking of New Zealand, strangely enough, though, Lord that does remind me of one of our interesting... Yeah, the Lord of the Rings, but actually, the most one... At least, this is Brooks's contribution, even though he's not here. But he and Andrew were telling me about this character. Have you heard of Figwit? Yes, I have. I have Figwit written down. Figwit is Proto the is funniest great. Who is thing that? I have. <laughs> yeah. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. In, I would say he would the be the opposite of an unsung character, though. Well, I mean, he's sung by the fans, but I mean, in a way, he's sort of like the hero of all unsung characters because he was like this extra who got elevated to just but icon you know who he is, status. You? Yeah, he's Brett, Brett from McKenzie. The Flight of the Concord. The Flight of the Concord that blew my mind when I read that. Crazy. They, they were telling me this when I was in Atlanta over the weekend. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't believe this at all. You know, they've actually okay, made so a documentary about it. He... Yeah, in the in the Fellowship of the Ring, Brett Brit was cast as a Brit. as an extra. Brit McKinsey. And if Brit, and if you're watching the scene, the Council of Elrond, where they're all deciding what's to happen uh, with the ring, he's actually sitting there, like next to Frodo. Yeah, there's a shot where Frodo goes, this, I will take really? the ring. And that's where his name yeah. comes from, because Frodo says, I will take the ring. And the person who made up the name said, I was thinking, Frodo is great. And then it pans across to him, pouting, and, and she goes, who is that? And that's where the name comes yeah, from. Apparently, they found him, like, just dreamy, these fans. Let me yeah, see if like, I can he's see. He's actually got his own action figurine now because of them. Iris Haddad is the name of the fan who <laughs> named Figwit. And yeah, Figwit's like a big deal now. Like they named him and they made this website for him. And Jackson actually brought him back in the Return of the King and gave him a couple of lines in a in a flashback. Still just calling him like elf escort, but they called him Figwit. It's a in there. It's a flashback, isn't it? With he's talking to Arwen. No, it's where they're actually leaving. Yeah, it's when they're leaving. It's not really a flashback. Oh, it's when okay. when um, Arwen is leaving, yeah, right. and he's like, "My lady," and she has a flash forward, 
she has a vision of the future. Although oh, I don't excuse put me. That yeah, it's version. not a flashback. She's flash from. Okay, yeah. She has but a vision of the future. Apparently, they in her son. found him really hot and broody, and like the fans just were really into Brett as this elven character, and that's why he got so popular. And Jackson brought him back on purpose. But the name Figwit, according to Wikipedia, I'm looking at it right now, but apparently he is actually called Figwit by name in the tops collector's cards for Lord yep. of the Rings. So the name Figwit has been officially name. used. They've given him so, an el- elven name, uh, Melpaman. Melpaman? I don't know how to say it, because it, uh, it means like fruit clever in elven, or something like that. So the fruit Figwit. clever. <laughs> <laughs> what so I like is a, they've actually made a documentary about Figwit and the yeah, phenomenon it's great. surrounding. And it, apparently, it. it has all of the actors from Lord of the Rings pouting to try and look like Figwit. <laughs> like, and the, the the sidebar to this is that this guy actually ended up being a dude in Fly of the Concords. He's a, that's a really funny show, and that's a funny guy. But he has this whole side popularity that no one knew about as Figwit. And I want to see more than anything right now. I want to see this documentary. Yeah, I can't find it. It's. I think it's only in New Zealand. Surely there's a link somewhere. Figwit's that popular. We just have to look and see. Yeah, well, there was a whole but, documentary about his character and everything like that. And it's done by his girlfriend. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is hilarious. Yeah, Mackenzie's fiance and now wife Hannah Clark. Did the the documentary entitled "Frodo is Great"? Who is that? <laughs> well, speaking hilarious. of characters who get replaced in the movies by other characters that need their roles uh, beefed up, what about Erkenbrand? Erkenbrand on your list? Erkenbrand is not on my list. Which character what? is this? Well, there Am is I a moment. Pull my books out. Uh, I'm just going to crawl down into my crypt and get some books. From the uh, the Rohan, and uh, you know the moment where they're where they're just about to get killed by all the orcs, and Gandalf comes over the ridge with his big shiny thing, and he comes over with Aomer, and they're like, he doesn't stand alone, and they ride down and kill all the orcs. Okay. In the books, that's Erkenbrand, not Aomer. Oh, another classic switcheroo, huh? Uh-huh, just to give Amos character a little bit more beef. You know who else gets the shaft a little bit? Is uh, Radagast the Brown. Radagast the Brown, classic. Is he classic on your character list? character from The Hobbit they just neglected. This is so just another character, because this is another classic Tolkien scene where, you know, Gandalf's wandering around. Because what, what you'll see in Tolkien is when he's building the mood, you'll run into people like your elves who are saying, "Yeah, there's black riders, but I got to bounce," you know, before they say <laughs> anything useful. Yeah. You know, and that's the, you find characters like that, and Radagast does that too, or he's just by a stream, and Radagast is like the nature wizard or whatever, like the hippie yep. wizard, and he's like just telling him, "I just want you to know, man, there's some messed up stuff going on." So by the uh, way, I gotta go. Saruman wants to see you. I'm sure it's not a trap at all. Yeah, no worries. And he's like, well, <laughs> so, Radagast, if you're sending me, I'm sure it's not a trap. And what happens next? You have to be saved yeah. See, by in the eagles. movies, the narrative's so much simpler, because in the movies, they're just like, why can't, you know, he, this is like a one-line situation. He's like, I'll go talk to Saruman. He said, in my order. <laughs> that's like, that's how we fix that whole scene. 
That's we excellent. We have yeah. to have like some guy say, "Hey, by the way, while you're just wandering around, there's a lot of wandering in the books. Like, like in the movie, well, they, they make it look for like, like he just years gone for a they weekend. Run away with the ring. In the but in the right. movie, I mean, in the they books, just kinda, they continue to hang out in Hobbiton for. Yeah, for, you know, years. for years. In the books, he's gone for years researching this. In the movies, they have like a little montage, and he's like, oh, "It's the ring." But in the books, it like takes him forever to find this out. He comes back, you know, and it's been like twenty years. And also lost from that sequence is Fatty Bolger. Fatty yeah, because doesn't he help him? Yeah. Because he's the one who's actually helping Frodo escape. He's like, I'll stay at your house and everyone will think that you're still here. So that's, he's probably the one who the Black Riders kill first. <laughs> if anything bad's going to happen, the, it's going to happen to him. They also make Farmer Maggot out to be kind of a jerk. And he's one of the best the actors because they're like, Farmer and Maggot, oh, he's a jerk. And they're like, Gandalf's like, like oh, oh my God, he's going to chase us down. I think but it's actually, Tom Bombadil yeah. who says to them, yeah, if you think Farmer Maggot's an idiot, you're an idiot because he's like the best one. Yeah, because he's actually looking out. But in the only time he's even mentioned in the movies is that they were stealing his stuff. And he's like, you stole Farmer Maggot's crop! Which also yeah. doesn't happen in the books. They're trying well, to make it, him look more does. roguish. It kind of does. They it, make a it's a callback to Frodo's youth. Because Frodo does steal Farmer Maggot's mushrooms when he's young. I guess they're trying to... The movie is very clever in that the movie's trying to move the plot forward so well, in the books everything's like oh well let's sit down and talk about that and maybe we can plan and I'll get some horses and I'll talk to so and so and he'll actually take care of the house and then we'll get someone to come cut the lawn it's like come on <laughs> in the movie he's like packing I could leave tonight I don't care he like packs up one knapsack he's already ready to leave he's like hold up whoa Jesus Christ I'm just I'm just throwing out ideas well it's he's much more like the, the Hobbit door. in that respect the Hobbit it's very much like Gandalf rocks up and the next morning they're like, why aren't you coming? And he forgets his pocket handkerchief and he's on the adventure. Well, that's what makes The Hobbit fun as a book and and as the, the movie is like that because The Hobbit does have that pace where it's an adventure. But the the, the, the Lord of the Rings is not an adventure. It, it's an epic. It's a journey. So everything is much more meticulous and it is like, and then we went to this guy's house and he let us stay there for about a week and then we ate a bunch of food and that's where we got this and that's where we got our sex from and then like, like come on, who cares? Well, we, assume, I think that, we assume this I think happened. That they, that they were still able to capture the feel of an epic journey in the movie because... Yeah, well, if it's for a movie, it was epic. It's over three hours long. They cover so much ground, but they have to, they have to pick up the pace on the narrative in a movie or the movie would be eight hours long. Yeah. Well, the one thing that's that why you got to lose guys that like Tom Bombadil. The one thing that's really important that they lost from the Tom Bombadil episode, which is actually a plot point, which they don't make a lot of in the movie. They just say that it's okay because he's a hobbit. But one of the things that they pick up from the Barrowright episode is uh, is it Mary Mary's sword is actually specifically made to kill the Witch King. Mary's sword actually oh, has really? specific enchantments on it that um, destroys the Witch King's magic, which is the magic that's allowing him to not get killed by anyone else's sword. So in the movie, when Mary stabs him in the thigh, it's just like, oh, he just distracts him so, so that the chick can smash right. him and she can kill him just because she's a chick, not a man. But it's actually because he smashes him with that sword, which actually has enchantments specifically made to kill that man. That is the biggest importance of going to Tom Bombadil. Which sadly... You know, you don't have to have for a movie because you just say, well, he got yeah. stabbed in the leg. You know, what's that? Well, he's a hobbit. You know, he's not a man, so it works. It's, yeah, yeah, whatever. It was a prophecy it's or something. Fine. And she gets that awesome, yeah, I am no man line, which, you know, everyone in the audience goes, woo! 
Yeah. Miranda. Girl power. She's awesome. <laughs> I love that actress. No, yeah, she's really good, Miranda Otto. She's one of my favorites. She's actually from a, a very prestigious line of Australian actors. She's so much prettier than uh, Liv Tyler. You think? It would have been you ever seen a movie decision. called Danny Deck Chair? I love yes. That movie. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that movie. Danny Deck Chair. Yeah. I never saw that. She was in Flight of the Phoenix. I saw that. She was also in uh, Cashmere oh, Mafia. Dennis Quaid movie, right? Yeah. Pretty good movie. It's yeah. a remake, I think, of another movie, but it's a. Cashmere but I Mafia. It was pretty yeah. good movie. That wasn't a bad show, actually. That wasn't um, bad. And and it only it got, got one canceled. season. She was really good in it. Yeah. So. I never saw it. But um, she and uh, there's a funny story about her and um, David Wenham, who plays Faramir, who his nickname is Daisy, so we always call him Daisy because you know we're his friends or, and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, the two of them they have to have these love scenes together in Lord of the Rings, which they obviously cut out because they're awesome. Which is one of the things I hate the most about the movies. They cut out those houses of healing scenes, which are so good. But anyway, the last time they'd seen each other before they had to do these serious love scenes was when they were doing a radio play together and they had to pretend to be having sex in the bath. (laughs) So they're just like jumping around this bathtub making sex noises and giggling. And that's the last time they'd seen each other before they were doing Lord of the Rings. That's the end of my story. You go now. Oh, that's that's all. <laughs> so I guess they had a lot to, to talk about. They had a lot of yeah, Do you remember that time? happening. <laughs> Do you remember that other time when we? Oh yeah. yeah. Like you know, they, they get back together and they're like, oh, uh, you know, this is a little weird, you know, because we made sex sounds before. <laughs> How yeah, did they make the sex sounds? I think it. That yeah, that'd be even more story. awkward in radio. I think I'd much rather do a video like sex scene if I were an actor. It seems weird to just splash water and make moaning sounds <laughs> but what do I know we don't do radio like that over here don't you oh yeah I just I, just, I, I like the idea of Senjin saying words like breast it's just funny <laughs> yeah really just boob <laughs> <laughs> I just have to start giggling boob <laughs> you have to have one of those like scenes where well, like her, her heaving breasts and the, that sort of business I like Leaving the idea bosom. where he's he's uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Uh, that's the idea. When we used to read, like, Edmund Cooper as Sinjin, he used to start skipping passages if they got too bad. I like that idea. Down into a quivering... Uh, chapter 2. <laughs> Just move straight on. <laughs> so I know it's weird to try to write this stuff as Sinjin and imagine that Sinjin actually wrote that. It feels like we're writing Sinjin as though his career just took a turn and he's having to just do whatever to make a paycheck. It's this begrudging Sinjin narrative. You can have him make but a I commentary. Hope, uh, oh, do I have to say breasts again? Oh, my God, no. Dear Lord in heaven. Oh, you'll never believe what happens <laughs> next. It's going to be awesome. Another sex scene. Why don't what we just skip this one? Yeah. That might be the better way to go when it just gets so bad. Like you that's why you never get any like, actual sex in the thing. My mom was like that. One of my mom hated or didn't want to let us kids watch sex scenes, of course. But one of her favorite movies was Pretty Woman. So we just get there and yeah. she just put it in fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> or like in The Princess Bride. Can we just skip to the fire swamp? Yeah, that's what I like even better. Uh, and then they held hands. They held hands for about two hours, and then we move on to the next scene. They held hands vigorously. 
<laughs> it's, it's just like in um, Barbarella. Well, he fought with the goblins. He battled a troll. He riddled with Gollum. A magic ring he stole. He was chased by wolves, lost in the forest, escaped in a barrel from the elf king's halls. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Now he's back in his home in the land of Shire, that brave little hobbit whom we all admire. Just sitting on a treasure of silver and gold, a puffin' on his pipe in his hobbit ho ho, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Dog crazy. Dog.